friends, and welcome to another episode of Living in Hope. I am your host, Cassie Merritt. I'm excited because today I have a family member sitting down with me. He's a brother on my husband's side. It's actually much more complicated than that, but we're going to just go with brother. (laughs) But oh my gosh, you guys, this one is a treat. I just love his wisdom. I have actually not been able to just sit down and chat with him and like like this in a deep conversation like this and gosh you guys he is good he has so much great wisdom i told him like you need to write a book or become a speaker something you need to share this wisdom but something that makes me sad is for the majority of the time that i've known him um he's been going through something super dark he's been through depression and addiction and you know what? I had no idea. And gosh, that just breaks my heart because you guys, this could be going on in anybody's life, but he shares about that. He opens up that part of his life and breaks it down for us and how God has moved mountains for him. And it is just awesome to see how he went from that dark place to where he is now. One of my favorite things that he says in this interview is that he is thankful for all everything, even the dark dark points in his life because it got to where he is today. And I love that. Okay, I am ready for you guys to hear this interview. So let's go ahead and dive in. You would think the record button would be the easiest part of this, but I always get so nervous that it's not recording. <laughs> oh my goodness, the whole conversation yes. unrecorded. Yes, it's like my biggest fear. But anyways, I want to thank you for coming and sitting with me today. I'm really excited to hear your story and to hear more about you. I mean, you are a part of my family. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, how are we, like, what would you be my my stepbrother-in-law stepbrother-in-law that sounds right stepbrother-in-law yeah (laughs) something like that (laughs) all right let's have you introduce yourself okay i am daniel sperry i'm 27 years old i currently work as an electrician full-time i'm a field lead and yeah i kind of I've had to integrate ministry into my work field mm. um, due to the amount of hours that I work weekly. Okay. Um, and so I don't have the ability to like take time off oh, okay. um, or at least throughout the weeks. So I have to kind of sit project per project and kind of just oversee each project from start to end. Okay. So what that does is causes me to essentially be there for whether it's six months, whether it's five months, three months, a year. Mm. Um, I'm fully invested in that time. Okay. And so my ministry is actually the men that I work with and around. And so, yeah. Ooh, that's intriguing. Yeah. (laughs) I love that a lot, actually. But, anyways, how old are you? I'm 27. 27 years old. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yes. I feel like, how long have we known each other? Because I feel like we didn't really get to know you until. like our Hawaii trip. We took a Hawaii yeah, trip Maui. together. Yeah, good when old Maui. When was that? That was oh like... Oh my goodness. Uh, forever ago. Yeah, that was forever <laughs> ago. I think it was before I had kids. Uh, yes, definitely so before at kids. at least six years ago. Probably like 10 years ago. 
Yeah. It's just so crazy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Time that just is, flies. That's amazing to flies. think about. Yes. All right. Well, I want to hear more about your story. I'm really excited about this one. I had no idea some of the <laughs> things that you were going through and I would see you in daily life. So it's just kind of interesting to, you know, hear that perspective of all the feelings and stuff you were going through. Yeah. And you know, to the outside world, they wouldn't even know. So yeah, I think a lot of our listeners will be able to resonate with your story a lot. So I want to hear it. So the mic is all yours. Oh, I'm so excited to share it. I have such a huge heart for people that walk through struggles in life. I mean, I'll start from the beginning and kind of share a little bit of everything. I was adopted when I was six years old. Okay. And so I got blessed with an incredibly loving, caring, compassionate family. Mm -hmm. Um, The birth family that I was born into was not very healthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, My birth mother has sense. I don't keep in close contact with her, but she's still doing drugs. There's still some, um, some promiscuity. Mm -hmm. Um, and there is just like, there's an unhealthy environment still. Mm -hmm. And that tends to be the theme and the thread throughout the entire birth side of the family. And so that's kind of just where I, where I come out of, you know? And so hereditarily, or hereditarily, mm-hmm. I'm going to have some sort of simulations or similarities to that, yeah, right? Right. Well, when you're an adolescent, you don't know these things. And so that'll play into why I had to share that a little mm-hmm. bit later in okay. this story. Okay. So I grew up incredibly blessed. I mean, my family took me to church, allowed me to grow and to cultivate relationships, shared with me who Jesus was, who God was, what the Holy Spirit kind of is, and just like, Got me into after school programs, um, vacation Bible school was a thing, and I had always been a pretty high strung kid, mm-hmm. and I was very, very like rambunctious, and uh-uh, I was you. a sour patch no kid. Way. I, was just, <laughs> I had a lot of fun, but I also had a lot of anger that pent up within me, and I now I laugh at it and say it's because I'm a redhead, but. <laughs> But there was, I was a very angry child and I didn't know why I was angry. Mm -hmm. I would just have meltdowns is what my mother would call that. Mm -hmm. And I would just like be fine one minute and the next minute I am like off my rocker. Anyways, I had a great childhood, extremely big family, grew up with 12 brothers and sisters. And so the house was always busy. There was always something going on. Um, And so I just grew up feeling loved, very like normal kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think most kids have anger problems and, mm-hmm. you know, got to work through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then high school hit. When high school hit, things changed a little bit. My first right. two years were very weird. I had grade school friends that I grew up with, started to party a lot, started mm-hmm. to justify the partying because as the Bible says, you know, love others as Christ loved a church or as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. And I took that as at least I'm like halfway there, mm. you know, at least I'm doing half of it. Yeah. I think that's like, you know, oh, man. <laughs> and so I justified to myself in this whole season of partying and, and drinking and, and I did smoke, um, marijuana in the time. And, and I was just like, I was invested into my friends at this point, right. the partying wasn't about partying. It was about my friends. Mm-hmm. And it was about cultivating that relationship and spending, you know, time together and laughing and joyfully walking through life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I look back and I don't wish I didn't do it. 
anything in my life I'm very thankful that mm. I've walked through because it is so beautiful Ugh. like deep within yes I love um, that because it creates who you are right yeah absolutely I wouldn't change it mm -hmm. um, and so I ended up graduating high school at this point I had so many different problems that were unforeseen I was get I it was kind of a sexual time and there was a lot of promiscuity coming from me and it was accepted by the women that it was with mm -hmm. and so I became a bit of a womanizer in my senior year of high school to where I would just have friends with benefits if you will mm -hmm. and I justified that being okay because they were just friends and mm -hmm. so if they're just friends what's the hurt we both have fun and and it's fine and so that really is even today a big hurt in my heart and a big fear that I have of mm. breaking women's hearts because there's there's a fine line of understanding how like valuable the human heart is and mm. how valuable the Lord's relationship with yeah. you is. And I didn't help in that season at all. Um, and so playing on to the story, I graduated high school, had a girlfriend that. I had like given up promiscuity for, started to pursue wholeheartedly. Our relationship was very physical. It was very emotionally connected at first, but became long distant. We lived in different places and then we saw each other when we could. So it was throughout the month and or long throughout the years. Long hard yeah. in the first place, yes. And so we, we decided we're gonna give it a whirl and we're gonna do this and our relationship I didn't know at the time became very unhealthy and it became very just kind of directed towards physical okay and there was less and less emotions involved and it was more mm -hmm. I'm here as a person to please you instead of I'm right. here as a human to be with you and so in this process we had dated for about three years up to this point um, I was in a very extreme low of my life and mm -hmm. I started to feel depressed I started to look at my life through a negative lens mm -hmm. and I started to see a lot of things around me crumble. I lost my childhood friends by moving to Washington to start my career as an electrician mm. right out of high school. So there was no like layover period. I think okay. I had a month of graduation and moving here to Washington. And so the relationship became unhealthy and it was a lot mm. of the stress of no family around. So I had mm. zero community mm. and I was still adolescent in a sense. I was yeah. 19 when that happened. Well, and you were and so social. So that was probably hard to not have that social group with you anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Come up with a new social group. Yeah. Oh man, that would be tough. Yeah, so at 19, I, I here I find myself in Washington State working 40 hours a week straight out of high school, which is a big difference. There's a huge, mm. huge like shelf that you kind of step off when you jump right. into 40 hours a week versus I was working two jobs, maybe, you know, 12, 15 hours a week um, prior with school. Mm. And so it was just this shell shock. Mm. And my I started to adapt by drinking mm -hmm. and what I know, you know, so I was mm -hmm. smoking marijuana and I was drinking and I was falling into the party aspect of life. Mm -hmm. And I started to do it on my own, yeah. not with other people. Okay. And so I slowly drifted into this place of addiction.
without even realizing it. And it was a gradual increase of like mm-hmm. amounts. It didn't dawn on me in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't till three years after that that I actually looked back and saw, wow, mm-hmm. this had a huge effect on me. So in that season of depression for two years, um, there came a moment to where my girlfriend of the time I was getting ready to marry and to like actually Mm -hmm. invest Mm -hmm. into wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. And I realized that maybe it wasn't right when she gave me a call and just destroyed my heart. She had slept Mm -hmm. with another man Mm -hmm. and I felt that I was giving her everything that I am. Mm -hmm. Like I gave her my all. And so when she did that, it felt like it just ripped my heart out of my Mm -hmm. chest. And it made me feel worthless and just unworthy and just not, it it made me fall into depression deeper. Mm -hmm. And I found myself drinking more and smoking more. And then I went on this big tangent of back to womanizing and sleeping with different women and like trying to fulfill what was lacking in my heart. This whole search is just to find something to fill the void in my heart. And so shortly after she had shared with me that she had slept with another man, my birth brother actually took his own life. I have four brothers, one of, or three brothers, including myself, four, and blood brothers that were born around the same time. Um, Galvin and Cougar are the two younger ones. Okay. And my parents tried to adopt them as well, but the state wouldn't allow it. Mm -hmm. And so they separated us and they ended up going to another home in a different state. Wow. Um, And they were actually firm believers in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so my brother took his own life with a gun and um, just one of the worst ways to go. So in this whole depression in my heart, I wore that weight. Mm. It was my burden. It was like, I wanted to see them that Mm. summer. I was planning a trip Mm. to go see them. And it had just devastated my entire world Mm. with my girlfriend cheating on me, my brother now taking his own life, and I'm left just in this place that I don't like. I'm in the darkest season of my life. Mm. So things are just stacking on top of each other. Yeah, absolutely. Just like a stairway. And I started to just fall away. Started to not see color. I started to like Mm. continually see black and white and gray in the world didn't see joy in people Mm. tried to go to church but when I went there I was judged yeah Yeah. when my when my heart was crying out the world did exactly Mm. as I kind of expected Mm. and that's reject and neglect um and so in this depression I just found like the very bottom of myself. I was still operating on the surface as nothing was going wrong. I wouldn't share it with anybody. I didn't know what was really going on. I just knew that I'm in a position and I don't want to be on this earth anymore. Mm. And I didn't even identify it as depression until later. All Mm. this stuff stacking up, my anger, my it's all just piled up to a point to where seriously considering suicide and i was looking at my life and what's the values pros and cons Mm. i had so many cons and there was only one pro and this one pro is what i believe why the lord has blessed me with the mother that he has when i would think about suicide when i would think about taking my own life and like actually 
giving it to death. Essentially just writing myself off as nothing. Every time in my heart, I could only think of the mom that adopted me, that chose me, that chose to love me, even though I was, mm. even though I was an angry child, even though I was a sour patch, even mm. though I was involved in so many different highs and lows, she still chose me. She said, I love you. And she never stopped loving me. In that moment and in those moments, it was about a year of feeling suicidal. I was really like in a place of, well, I may do this. I decided that my mother's love for me is worth the life that I have. Mm. She's given it to me and she has not failed me. And so I chose against suicide and I chose that, chose not to. It didn't help the, the feelings. But I chose I'm not going to do this because one woman has loved me and shown me care, compassion, consideration, hope, faith, love, abundance. She showed me what the Lord's heart is. Oh, man. And so does your mom know about this part of your life? Did yes. She know? My mom uh, cried when I told her, and this was way after. This uh, was two years after the suicidal point that oh I told goodness. her. And You can only um, imagine on a mom's heart having to hear that. Yeah. But to know that she gave you enough love to keep you strong enough to not actually go through that, that's got to be an amazing feeling at the same time to know that because of her, you didn't commit suicide. So, oh man, that's incredible. Um, And so after, after I kind of had like sat in drinking and smoking and, and partying and trying to find my fullness from Mm. the world. Mm-hmm. I started to pursue money. I started to pursue women, anything right. to All try and things. fill it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the world, what the world has to offer. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I don't say that that in a good way because there is nothing that the world really offers. And trying to fill that void for me, it left me empty every time. And so I came to a point of a complete low and I was like, well, I don't do drugs. I'm not going to do drugs or heavy drugs, I should say. But there came a time that I took mushrooms and Mm -hmm. I went into a very, very deep, dark, suicidal place Mm -hmm. in this hallucination. And it was hell. And I was stuck in a room that was locked. And I truly, to this day, the Lord knows me and knows that I needed something so real but so like, so magnified, something that would stop you in your tracks and make you think about what value is. I woke up the next morning and I remember just falling to my knees because I thought I had died. In this hallucination, I thought that I had lost my life and that I I had given it away. Right. And so... When I woke up the next morning, it was this breath of like, I'm actually living and breathing. Mm. I have breath in my lungs. And I remember falling to my knees and tears streaming from my eyes. And I just thanked the Lord for the air in my lungs. I made a promise that I would give the Lord the amount of time that I had taken from him. Mm. The four years of depression that I had walked through. And I remember in that moment just just feeling so blessed and so thankful for air in my lungs, nothing Mm. more and nothing less. I was just thankful to be. So this triggered my pursuit of the Lord again. 
I knew him when I was young and I fell away. I had to walk a hard road to find my way back to the Lord. But when the Lord had showed me that vision in my hallucination, it brought me to a place of complete and utter stillness, of knowing that the Lord loves me in my very, very, very worst. In the deepest, darkest place of my heart, the Lord Mm. said, you are good. And I love you. And I want you to do good. Mm. You are good. I just, I weeped and I weeped for what felt like hours. I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But, but it could have been. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> yes. So I really, I, I found the Lord that day. And that has been the foundation on which the Lord has built yeah. within my heart. I spent two years in Hawaii, I actually, right after this, and it's so funny how the Lord works, (laughs) because it is so divine. I got an opportunity shortly after to go to Hawaii to do electrical work and Mm -hmm. to help out as a lead. And Hawaii is the last place on earth that I would have went, because I'm more of an Alaskan person. (laughs) I like the mountains and the rugged, you know... Trees. The cold. The cold, yeah. The snow. And so I really like really had a controversial process of prayer. Mm. And it's like, well, Father, I don't want to go there because I don't really like it. But if I stay here, I'm not gonna be any different. And so I came to this conclusion that even if I don't like it over there. A change is going to be good for me because I needed it in my heart. I needed to see different and to feel the change that had happened. And so I went over to Hawaii and I got connected with the most beautiful church. I met the coolest pastors, people that just come up to me and make me feel at home just by how they ask questions. Mm. And I, I remember... The first day I was like, oh, yeah, I'll try this church out. You know, why not? Right. I haven't been to churches because I was rejected by church. And so when You've I was in re- my depression. Wait, wait, wait. You can't just go over that. You were reject- rejected by a church? Well, and I say that as a as a way of feeling. Mm. When you walk into a church, the chairs are pointed towards a, a stage. When you walk in and you're broken to the point of no help, feeling helpless. Mm. And you walk into a congregation of people singing hymns about life Mm -hmm. or songs about breath. And you're feeling the most dark that you ever have. Yeah. And people don't look at you. They don't welcome Mm -hmm. you. They don't share love with you. No, man. That was the experience that I had in the midst of my depression. And so it took a lot for me to get over. It's not the church that was rejecting me. Right, right. I was looking for attention and affection. Yeah. And that's not what the church is for. That's what the Lord is in our life, Mm. that love and affection. That's what I mean when I say that, is that it it was rejection to me in my heart. It does make you think of things a little differently, though, because, you know, you see somebody new walking into a church. You don't know what they're going through. So it's like, take that extra step and, you know, maybe even out of your comfort to just go say hello, because you don't want them to be in that situation that you were in and to not come back. Yeah, absolutely. It makes, it actually, has 
brought up so much compassion in my everyday mm. life. Mm-hmm. I don't just use that theory in the church. I walk yeah. that out yeah. no matter where I'm at. Mm, I love and that. it helps me to like see people Yeah. and try my best to understand that mm. maybe they're at their lowest point. And yeah. maybe me smiling at them and saying hello is the best thing they could have had all day. Mm. And so I think of that often throughout my daily life. And this is the Lord has just truly foundationed so many things through my struggles Mm -hmm. and through my heartaches. And I actually still live with those same thoughts in mind. Mm, If I was in that position again, what would I be doing? You know, what if that person's in there? How can I brighten their day? What can Mm -hmm. I do to love this person even Mm -hmm. though they don't feel like they love themselves? Yeah. And I have to say, I see that in you a lot. Even, you know, before you became, accepted Christ and really gave your life to him, I still saw that like compassion in you. So now God's using that for his glory. He's actually using that for his work, which is awesome. I love that. So you said that at that point where you gave your life to Christ, or you basically said, I'm going to make this up to you. And then you went to Hawaii. There obviously was like a healing process there that you had to go through. Massive. Can you share, break that down a little bit, what that looked like for you? Yeah. So this one is actually probably one of the most helpful things that the Lord has shown me through my walk with him. Mm. I learned that I was a great liar. Mm. Not just to other people, but to myself. And as I sat, I I chose to sit on the beach for every day after work, roughly four hours. Lucky. Watching the sun go down. (laughs) I'm in paradise. I had no family there. I was new. All I know is that I wanted to sit with the Lord. Mm. And I started to quickly understand that Mm. I don't want to just sit with the Lord. I want to be with the Lord. Yeah. I want to know who the Lord calls me. I want to be a part of the kingdom here on earth. Mm. I want to be I want to be the best that I can be in whatever that is, however mm. the Lord has it. And so I really had to do some hard things. I kind of have this mental image of what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you put tape on a pencil and then you go to take that tape off, it's really hard to get off because mm. it sticks to a smaller surface and it felt like that as the Lord started to peel away lies, peel away insecurities, peel away Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. invalid ideas that I had. And the practical way that that happened was I did kind of a T-chart. This is what I believe I do. This is what I actually do. Took a lot of courage and confidence to lie to myself, but to also see that and be honest with myself. For Mm -hmm. instance, I would say that I like to party. Mm-hmm. Re- in reality, though, my actions showed I hated to party. Hmm. What I liked about partying was people, and so I was lying to myself. And so this oh, T-chart helped me to okay. separate what my life and what my my heart was doing, you know? Mm. What's the reflection of my life? Am yeah. I transparently living, or do I have ideas that are not actually solid. And so a period of about a year was that process exactly to the T. I started out with six items. I said, I'm great. Mm -hmm. Not that many problems. Right. Again, lying to myself as I completed two pages, three pages, four pages of lies that I had believed 
because mm. I fully thought that I like to do these things. I right. do this because I like them. Mm. But the truth was, is I was doing them to find fulfillment. And then the, the next process that I walked through was how do I walk as God has called me to? And so once I realized the discrepancy or difference in my beliefs and my actions, I took it to the Lord and I started to cross-reference and this drove me into the Bible and this got me integrated into the stories and I found all these different like connection points where it's like, wow, that's actually biblical and I do that and I want to do that. I love doing this. And then there were some that were not very biblical and I needed to give them up. But what it did was it helped me identify who I am and who I'm not. Mm. And I think when I realized that and walked through that, I came to the point of one year of doing this. The, I remember the day clear, clear as yesterday. I looked in the mirror and I remember saying, I don't know who I am. I have no idea who I am. And that moment forward, the Lord just abundantly blessed me with leaders, with inspiration of like journaling, painting, all these different things that are actually who I am. He gave me disciple groups. He gave me teachings, lessons, all these different things through the church, outside of the church. I got to do mission work in Hawaii, led me on two trips to Peru. And I'm still on the walk of the Lord revealing to me who I am to him. And what that looks like. I've traveled to 11 countries on the world race Mm. and spent a year overseas doing that. Mm. Got to see healings firsthand. Got to witness miracles. Got to share love with broken people. See joy in the ones who have none. And it was just this journey that the Lord has me on is just so beautiful. And I I I don't look back and hate that I walked through depression. I look back and I say, that's the greatest time of my life because it has brought me to this closeness with the Father, Mm. 100% abundance in love and grace. And now I'm able to share that with people. I'm able to actually see people Mm. broken or healed. I can see them for who they are. I can see color again. I can see life and I want to bring life. I want to be a part of life. Mm, that is so good. Oh my gosh. Like You know, actually, I love that you said that all the trials that you've gone through, all that pain and everything that you went through in your past, you are thankful for it. Yes. Because I think that's huge that we are thankful for those things because those are what built us to be where we are today and to have a close relationship with Christ. Like for me, I lost my mom mm-hmm. and it would be so easy to just be like, oh, that was, that was the worst part of my life. And, you know, I wish it never happened. And of course, I wish my mom was still here with me today. Yeah. But I am thankful for everything in, in that time because that is what got me to where I am today. So you have to find the light in everything because God makes everything so beautiful. He he turns the hardest and ugliest things in our lives and makes them beautiful for us. Yes, absolutely. And I think that is one of the biggest things is understanding like how beautiful it is to know someone. Mm. My brother took his own life. I had so much anger for that. And when I sat with the Lord about why I was so angry, I realized a couple of things. Mm. One, I was angry that I didn't pursue him. Mm. 
Two, I was angry at his parents. And three, I hated myself and was angry with myself because he didn't know me. Mm. And so I wore weight that was out of my control. Mm. And I didn't realize Mm. until I actually got it revealed to me by the Father that it's not my burden to wear. Mm. It's a blessing to have known him. And it's like a beautiful remembrance of how short life can be or how long it can be. Mm. It's a beautiful thing to know somebody Mm. and to know them so deep that it hurts. I think it's like there is such a special, beautiful thing there. And I think that in the midst of the heartache or of like the brokenness, I think that is where we actually see what faith is. Mm. Are we running from the Lord? Are we looking at him and saying, Lord, I am not happy right now. You have taken something that is so dear to me. And I think in my heart, I believe truly, fullheartedly, that without a doubt, the Lord has good in store. That, do I even okay so I ask my guests this question every time and I'm just like oh that's hope right there everything you just said is hope and that's you know my whole thing here is hope but I do want to touch off of that a little bit because it's so closely connected but what does hope mean to you before we go mm-hmm. here because we are running out of time unfortunately. this is my favorite question <laughs> oh good because mine too <laughs> I, I I love that we have Faith is a word, right? Mm -hmm. And faith is belief in what we cannot see. It's Mm -hmm. the hope that we see that come to fruition. Because it's something we cannot see that we are hoping for, I believe that hope is redemption. It's Mm -hmm. the beauty from ashes. Mm -hmm. I believe that it has like, it has so many different angles that you could look from it. I believe that it is, it's the redeemed children of God. It's opening Mm. our eyes in the morning and praising the Father. Mm. It is seeing somebody less fortunate and blessing them. It is crying with those weeping. It's loving those who need it. It is reaching out to those who are rejecting you. Mm. It is, to me, hope is what the Lord has given us is faith. Because we don't have enough people in the world that want to love other people. And I think truly that when you are called by the Father to love others, as all of us Christians are, or unbelievers, we're called to love one another. We all bleed red and we all have a longing void in our heart. Mm. And I believe that hope is a belief that I will see other people do what the Lord has done in them. I just like hear music playing as you're saying all that. It's like I'm sitting in a Sunday service listening to you right now. All this is so good. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today. And I wish we had more time. But thank you so much, Daniel, for sitting with me. Yes, absolutely. It was a blast. Hey, did you know that we have a Facebook page? Yes, we do. You can find us under Stories of Hope. That just sounded so cheesy. I'm laughing because I'm like, where did that come from? (laughs) I sound like I'm advertising something. But no, really, follow us on the Stories of Hope 
Facebook page just to keep up to date when there's a new podcast. And sometimes I post some other things on there, but be sure to like us there. But you guys have a great rest of your week and thank you for tuning in.